episode 21. After the show, don't forget to visit tell.fish slash gear to get our recommendations on gear that will take your angling adventures to the next level and help make you the next Telltale Fisherman. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Rico Cruz. Rico, welcome aboard. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what's kind of cool about this episode is um, you are a fellow Floridian and uh, fish some of the areas that I know about. So it'll be really cool to hear you talk about uh, some of these places and the tournaments that you do. But before we jump into all that uh, tournament stuff and your epic story, just give me a little background on yourself, you know, where you grew up and, and how you got into fishing. Well, I was technically born in uh, southern Texas, but I only lived in Texas until I was five. I don't really remember too much of that. Mm-hmm. I lived, uh, well, then we moved up to Michigan, and I lived there for most of my life. And I got started fishing um, at a little summer camp. Um, my troop leader, he just kind of asked me one night, hey, you want to go down to the pond and fish? I was like, sure. You know, I'd never done it before. I was intrigued by it. So I went down with him, and he casted out a little crankbait, put the rod in my hands, and just told me to reel. So I started <laughs> reeling it in. And all of a sudden, tap, tap. And so I just set the hook. I'd seen people do it. And so uh, I reeled in my first largemouth bass. It was like a good two-pounder. It wasn't too bad for my first fish. I couldn't believe how big it was, me being 10 years old. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the size of my arm almost. So it was a pretty epic experience to start off, you know, my, my fishing uh, life. And that's what got me hooked from since then, I've just been fishing. Yeah, I was going to say, it. Uh, th- that fish was not the only one that got hooked that day, was it? No, no. <laughs> I was very literally hooked on fishing from that day on. And so I've been fishing for the past 11 years of my life. It's taken me from Michigan down here to Florida, up to Tennessee. And I'll be going up uh, for the last Southern Open of the year on uh, Lewis Smith Lake in Alabama next month. So. Oh, wow. So you, you hit the road and uh, get around on the tournament fishing. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to become a professional at it. So uh, in order to do that, you just got to keep fishing and climb that ladder. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So, well, so talk us through that process. You know, how do you get started at, at what level? I guess it's with the, uh, the club tournaments, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, the, the best I've fished other small clubs here in my, in my city and whatnot, but it didn't, have any kind of open doorway towards that professional bass fishing career. Mm -hmm. And so I I left that club and I looked, uh, uh, watching the Bassmaster Classic, actually, I saw one of the competitors made it to the Bassmaster Classic through their state's um, nation club. Really? Just fishing that that tournament trail. Okay. And so I'm like, well, if if he can do it, and he was, he and he actually made it there from the co-angler side. So he actually did well enough to actually fish against the boaters one day and actually beat all of them as well. He made it to the classic being backboated? Correct. Wow, that is that is impressive. So me fishing as a co-angler just starting out, I was like, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. So um, I looked immediately I looked for the nearest Florida Bass Nation club, joined it, 
and turns out the one I joined is actually uh, pertains to the president of the Florida Bass Nation and okay. also the state's tournament director. Okay, so I, good I guys to know. Have, I couldn't have. Yeah, I know. Couldn't have chosen any better club to start out with. They're really guiding me, you know, step by step as to how it works and everything, and helping me out as much as, as possible because they know my ultimate goals and aspirations. So yeah, yeah, um, that's what I did. I joined the Florida Bass Nation Club, and it's opened up amazing doors for me so far. Well, yeah. So just tell tell us a little bit about uh, the tournaments you fish in that club, and uh, where where you go, and and what the tournaments are like. Um, every month, this club has a, a monthly club tournament where we only fish amongst our own club members. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then and we fish generally Central Florida since that's our, our region. Okay. We're based out of Orlando, so we kind of stick close uh, about no more than an hour and a half away. is usually our, our longest drive. And yep. then um, the Florida Bass Nation also holds um, regional qualifiers. And those qualify you to fish the state championship at the end of the season. Okay. And then there's also several different little team tournament trails here and there. So there's, there's many different ways of how to fish um, w- amongst your, your state's nation, uh, Bass Nation. It's just about looking up, you know, your local clubs and everything and finding out how it works. So what, what draws you to tournament angling? Because it's... It's different when you're on a boat and you're under these time constraints and you've got all this pressure, you, you know, that you're putting on yourself to catch fish. You know, some guys just want to go out there and relax. And when you go on the tournament circuit, I understand you're kind of taking it to another level and it's not always relaxing. What What is it that draws you to it? Uh, well, it's funny you say that because whenever I go fishing with my dad, you know, he likes the relaxing part of it. Yeah. He likes just being out there in nature. It's all quiet and calm. And then, you know, I can, I can switch off that tournament angler in me and just kind of go out there and fish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause when you're out there in a tournament, you're done. I mean, you're looking for the five biggest fish you can find. Yep. So your, your mind's always going as to what they could be looking for, what they might be biting where they might be at that certain time of day with the temperature and the sun. And so there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And mm-hmm. honestly, it just comes down to science, just how bass work yeah. in nature. If there's food there, if there's shelter there, they're going to be there. Yeah. So as a tournament angler, you're always just constantly kind of looking around. And obviously you practice and you pre-fish and you look around to the, to, for the spots that I call high percentage areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the places where, okay, there's some shelter there. You maybe go by it and you see some bait on the graph or something, or just looking into the water and you kind of come back and fish those areas. Right. So it's just, um, it's just about balancing, uh, I guess mania with (laughs) your knowledge of fishing and just kind of pulling it all together and keeping calm because, uh, whenever the wheels come off, it's just bad. You know, you're not fishing correctly. You might be fishing too fast. You're not concentrating as to what you're throwing, how you're working it. So it's just, uh, you know, I, I love it. I got into tournament bass fishing because I love fishing in general. Yeah. And I love bass fishing. And I always tell people, you know, because I'm at an age where most of my friends are still in college. They're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do in life. Mm-hmm. And me, I was kind of in the same boat. I kept telling people. You know, just figure out something you love to do, something that you have a passion for, something that you'll enjoy to do day in and day out. 
yeah. and find yeah. a way to make a living at it. Well, for me, it's the fishing, you know. Um, I hadn't watched, being from Michigan, I watched Kevin Van Dam. Oh, yeah. One of the highest, highest paid anglers in all of history. So, you know, I thought, well, he's starting out. He started out like I did. And if you can make a living at it, I'm going to go ahead and try that because why not make it a living in bass fishing? I mean, that's just a no-brainer for me. Right. So that's what got me into really heavy tournament bass fishing and the thought of and the dream of becoming a professional bass fisherman. So that's when I just looked for what I needed to start with, and that's the Club Nation, uh, the Bass Club, Bass Nation Club. And so that from there, I'm just going to take take to it and do my best, pray hard, fish harder, and try to make it. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, when we get back, Rico is going to tell us an epic tournament story. Stay tuned. If you fish deep water and don't have a windlass on your boat, an anchor lift ring is a must-have. It makes retrieving a heavy anchor and chain from depth much easier. I have heaved my last anchor up from the abyss. No more? No thank you. Check out tell.fish slash gear in your web browser for the anchor lift ring that we like. Trust me, your back will thank you for it. All right, we are back with Rico Cruz, and before the break, we were talking about uh, you know what what drives him in in tournaments and his in his passion for tournament fishing. And I understand that, and it's no surprise that your most epic day of fishing you've had so far was in a tournament, right? Correct. Yep. Second place uh, finish and. I really can't think of any better story to tell, to be honest. Well, well, let's let's launch right into it. Tell us where the tournament was, and you know what was going on, and and how it how that all went. Um, this was my first uh, Bass Florida Bass Nation state qualifier um, for my region on the Harris Chain of Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I got paired up with uh, with a guy from another club, and he had a little spot on Lake Dora that uh, that we pretty much shot straight too we fished a little bit before we got there but there was nothing much there so we went straight to that spot i was just gonna ask where'd you where'd you launch from is this a tournament where everybody has to launch at the same ramp and then you've got to run to at whatever different lake you want to be in yeah we launched into big lake harris okay um off a ramp there and so everyone just leaves there and then comes right back there to to weigh in the fish and so how far of a run did you have to to get to your spot from where we were, it must have been probably not even ten minutes. Okay, so not too far. Minutes. No, it's uh, it it depends because from the Harris chain, I mean, you can access a few different lakes, and so some have locks, which those locks take a long time, <laughs> especially if there's a lot of anglers trying to get through to that lake, mm-hmm. and you have to lock through. You have to wait for the doors to open, oh, and yeah. then for the limited amount of English to go in and then out. And so it's, it can be anywhere, you know, running from Harris to any other chain of, of lakes connected to it could be anywhere from, like I said, 10 or 15 minutes to over an hour. Okay. So it's one of those things in tournament fishing where you also have to take that, that, take that into consideration. Yeah. If you run, if you run right off the bat an hour away and you spend there all day and you're doing at three fifteen, you got to remember, okay, I got to leave by 2:15 to make it back in order to let my fish count. Yep. So it's a uh, it's just one of those other factors in tournament fishing where you're on the clock and so you got to keep that in mind or else your hard work is not going to 
do you well. <laughs> yep, you got to put that pole down and go when it's time, huh? For sure, for sure. Cool. So, so you you went straight to the to the spot then in Lake Dora. Yep, uh, to Lake Dora, it was like a little twenty or thirty yard stretch of eelgrass. Okay, um, it's a very long, stringy type of grass that uh, aquatic grass that provides great cover for fish and a great ambush point as well. If a bait fish um, school comes by, they'll shoot out and eat them, and then go right back in and wait for the next ones to come by. And how deep how deep of water is this you're fishing in? We were fishing in probably no more than five foot deep. Okay. Um, you know, in those, in the Harris chain of lakes, you can find some deep water, but unless there's some um, grass at the bottom or something like that to where the fish can, can hide out at, you're probably not going to find too many fish. Okay. Um, the highest concentrations of fish in those types of lakes are going to be in the grass, mm-hmm. shallow, you know, because when it gets hot, those fish don't like it either. So they've got to yeah. find some shade themselves. So um, we hit that uh, little eelgrass stretch. Um, pretty hard. I mean, we kept pulling fish out from 12 inches up to 15 inches. And so they were, they were stacked in there for sure. Mm-hmm. And we basically, once we found those fish there in that spot, we just kept, you know, idling through it and then turning right back around and hitting it again. Going right back. So the other we way. just kept, uh, right, right back to that spot. Cause we saw, I mean, there's a lot of fishermen, you'll hear them say it. There's no point in leaving fish to find fish. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have the fish in front of you, just stay there and keep fishing them. Sometimes in multiple day tournaments, you'll want to manage your spots a little more and not beat it up too much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that tournament was just a one day tournament. So okay. Just a single too, day. Too bad of a, of an idea to just keep fishing that one spot. That day I was literally just slinging around what I, I like to call old faithful. Um, it's a rig that I've made money on in the past six tournaments here in central Florida. It just catches them everywhere I go. Is is that one you can share that with us or is that a secret bait? No, no, it's no secret. I know plenty of anglers that, that use it and I okay. just, me, I've only been living here in Florida for, uh, four years now. So it, it was one of those things where I hadn't been used to fishing something like this, but, mm-hmm. um, I learned quickly that it catches fish. Yeah. So, so what is it? It's a uh, it's a little June bug or June bug red ultra vibe speed worm by Zoom. Okay. Um, I fished that with a little one ounce one eighth ounce tungsten worm weight, and um, I believe it's a three aught trocar worm hook. Um, and I just fished that on fifteen pound fluorocarbon on a seven foot medium uh, bait caster rod. Mm-hmm. And I just toss it around all day long, fish it through the grass, nice and slow, uh, at a steady speed, and it'll it'll catch fish. And uh, that's what I was slinging the whole day. And right through that grass, they kept getting bites, kept getting bites. And so uh, finally, I, I hook into a good one, and and I bring it in the boat. It was like a five pounder. Mm. At that point in time, that was the biggest fish I had, and I was like, this has got to be my kicker fish. You know, this is yeah. this is the that fish that you want at the end of the day to really anchor your bag and give you some good weight. Well, we kept fishing, kept going around in the same spot. And this eelgrass, like I said, it's real stringy. And, and sometimes, you know, every every few casts, you'll get snagged into it and tangled up. So you'll just be pulling in a bunch of grass, pulling it off, casting it out again. So I'm reeling it in, and all of a sudden I feel a little weight. I'm like, oh, 
snagged again. Mm-hmm. So I kept pulling it, pulling it. And as I dragged it out of the actual grass, it was pretty shallow, probably three inches below the surface of the water. And I see this flash. And I was like, wait a minute. And my <laughs> boater saw it too. And he said, that's a big fish. I couldn't tell the size of the fish because just the way the sun was glaring on the water in front of me. Yeah. He saw the size of the fish and he immediately put his rod down, grabbed the net and got ready. And I was like, (laughs) apparently this is a big fish. So I'm pulling it and this huge fish, it turned out to be a seven and a half pound largemouth. It didn't fight at all. It didn't fight at all. You have 12 inches that fight harder than this fish. Really? And so I'm pulling this fish, literally just a ton of grass on his head. And I'm just dragging this fish through the water. Finally, get it to the side of the boat. He puts it in the net, brings it over onto the boat, and I just stood there speechless. I couldn't <laughs> believe my eyes. I, the size of this fish was just unbelievable to me. I had seen 10 pounders caught. I had seen 10 pounders in the water, but me personally, I had never, ever seen one this close in my hands. And I, I just couldn't believe the size of this fish. I grabbed wow. it. Well, actually. I knelt down, I reached down into the, the net trying to get this fish, and all of a sudden, it realized, wait, I'm out of the water. This isn't <laughs> right. This fish yeah. went crazy. It started flipping around and rolling and jumping, and I was afraid it was going to fly out of the boat because this fish was, <laughs> I mean, the lack of fight it had in the water, it decided to turn it on in the boat. So I'm in the middle of it all, there's grass. There's a hook somewhere in there. I didn't know where it was. And so I reached down and then immediately reached back because this fish was going crazy and I wasn't about to get hooked. (laughs) Right. So I finally get him to calm down, reach my hand down, grab the bottom jaw of this fish and just bring it up to my face. And I I couldn't believe it. I could pretty much fit my head in his mouth. It was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, The girth on this fish, the, the mouth, the eyes, the tail, it was just so thick. I really could not believe it. And so um, I finally got it unhooked and I realized that that five pounder I had caught before, literally the fish before was not going to be my kicker fish anymore. This fish was, I knew at the time close to eight pounds and I was super happy because for one, I'm in a tournament. I'm fishing for a spot in the state championship. And this is my new personal best. And so it was all happening at once, hard for me to condense at the time because I still thought I have one more fish to catch. It was only my fourth fish. I hadn't oh, even you hadn't put even together, got the bag yet. I oh. hadn't even put together my limit. And so I'm like, okay, I need to put this fish in the live well. I, my boater even told me, okay, it's time to get that fish in the water because <laughs> I, I was just frozen. I was speechless. I was like, this is this is incredible, you know. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a praying man, believe in God and I trust in him and all, all my fishing. And, you know, I couldn't thank him enough because this was it. You know, as soon as I put that fish in the live well, I knew that this, I had a chance, you know, I had a chance. Oh, yeah. There's Heck plenty yeah. of big fish in those Harris chain of uh, lakes, but I knew this was one of the, one of the big ones. And I knew that <laughs> as many as there are, there isn't always a, uh, a big bag, you know, com- coming in. So right. at the end of the day, we, we got my, I got my limit, brought them in, and I was feeling good. You know, I walked into the the weigh-in line. I kind of started buying out the other uh, anglers' bags, and oh, I yeah. knew, I knew that instant. I didn't see anyone's bulging like mine, so 
I was uh, <laughs> I was pretty happy and confident and going up there and uh, officially weighing that fish in at my personal best at seven and a half pounds was pretty incredible and nailing down a second place finish was even better. Man, well, so, and somebody else must have got into a really big one to uh, dethrone you there. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny at first. I was leading for the tournament's big bass with that seven and a half pounder. Well, mm-hmm. the co-angler who actually ended up beating me out, uh, his big fish was 7.51. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was that small of margins, and and that's pretty much what got him into into the first place spot. Uh, he had a couple other that, that were pretty big, and they, they bumped him into first place. And at the end of the day, one of the boaters actually brought in a 8.4 pounder, so knocked our, our big fish out, and I didn't feel yeah. so bad because... Okay, I didn't get beef by point zero one. Right. Yeah, that would definitely sting. Oh man, but wow, that's that's a pretty epic day of fishing to be sure. I mean, just to catch any fish over five pounds in a tournament is a is a great day. But man, to get a second one like that, yeah, I could I could see how you were just uh, speechless. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> when that sure. happened. Cool. Well, Rico, that was uh, awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. This was great. Do you know someone who would be a great guest on the Telltale Fisherman? If so, go to tell.fish slash guest and recommend them for the show. We won't bug them. We'll just give them the chance to share the story of their lifetime and become a fishing legend. Visit tell.fish slash guest. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.